Hi guys, welcome back to Rumble in the Jungle. Today's guest is my teammate, Dominic Mejia. He is a world-ranked Jiu-Jitsu athlete. He is a multiple-time ADCC Open champion. He's an ADCC North American silver medalist. Uh, he's known for his exciting style. He's very uh, creative. He hunts for the submission, and he's a rising star in the Jiu-Jitsu world. Today, we talk a bit about how he got involved in martial arts, some of the experiences he's had along the way, and uh, a bit about his mindset. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. So, uh, thanks for, for uh, sitting down and chatting with me. I appreciate it. I know you've been busy. Yeah, yeah. Training man. twice a day, every day. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you normally train like seven days a week, you think? Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it seven days a week. Like, I'm always on the mats at least every day. Yeah. I might not be training every day, but I'm at least on the mats every day. Yeah. Do you try to make the two sessions Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday is the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll, depending on the day, I'll, like, I'll go a little lighter, whether I only do technique or things like that. But for sure, I try to do, I try to be at every session just because John teaches so much. And I feel like sometimes there's just like one technique that can make a difference in like a match. Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, so I guess I'm going to start with 2023. 2023 was like a massive year for you. So, I mean, we'll just do a quick recap. You moved to Austin. You joined New Wave full time here. You won multiple ADCC Opens. You competed at Who's Number One. You competed at Aiga. Uh, competed at Enigma. And then you got second at the ADCC North American Trials, which uh, is the hardest one of all of them. Yeah. Uh, and that was a, a razor close match that could have gone either way. Um, so, with all that in mind, when you look back at the year, uh, what are you most proud of? Man, it, it was a great year. And, um, I think that I am most proud of that. I, for in all previous years, I've I've competed and then I've done jujitsu. I've always had this kind of like nagging question in the back of the head, in my head of like whether I really did have what it what it took to to do this. And um, I was always second guessing myself, like whether I should quit or whether I should move on. Because I was I was going to college before I dropped out uh, earlier uh, last year, and um, I was I was like, should I do this? Should I not? And I was kind of going back and forth. And I was like, I was a little depressed for a while for a couple months, where like I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Were you kind of doing a little bit of, uh, like you weren't going 100% in school or 100% exactly. jiu-jitsu, and you're kind of like, I feel like I'm not making progress, like I need to pick like a direction? Exactly. So I was kind of in that in that spot, and um, at the very end of 2022, I, uh, I, I kind of looked within myself, and I was like, hey man, that uh, even if I was poor, even if I, I have to like live on the fucking street, I'd rather, um, I'd rather be doing jiu-jitsu than anything else. So that was kind of like right at the end of the 22 where I came to that realization. So then all of 2023, um, I, the, the whole goal for myself was to really believe in myself and never question whether I was going to do this because I knew I was going to do this, whether like rain or shine, this is what I was going to do. And I think that belief actually changed a lot how I competed. And I don't think I was crazy, like I crazily improved. I definitely did. But I think that my um, performance has started to to correlate with what I was actually able to do in the gym because I wasn't second guessing myself anymore. When did that shift take place? Like when in 2023? It was it was right after Nogi Worlds, and that was actually actually I came that was the first time I came to Roca. I came to Roca for about like three weeks. I trained for Nogi Worlds in 2022, and then the night before Nogi Worlds, I was like I remember I was like I was probably the most nervous as I ever was for like a tournament. You know, like usually the day before a tournament. I what was that brown belt? This is our brown belt. Okay. Yeah. Usually the day before a tournament, like I chill, I don't do much. And then, you know, I was, I was so nervous. I was like, I was doing free cardio. I was trying to do anything to get myself <laughs> it. And then, um, I kind of just like sat and like meditated. I, I, occasionally I'll meditate and just kind of think on stuff. And then I kind of like, that's when I came to the realization, like, Hey, even if I don't 
win tomorrow, even if I lose tomorrow, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to push for this no matter what. And, uh, lo and behold, I lost first round the next day. <laughs> but even after that, I was, I was kind of at peace with it. I was like, okay, well, like, it doesn't matter because this is what I'm going to do. And then that was really the, the whole like catalyst, um, for me eventually moving over here and really pr pursuing, uh, yeah. jujitsu. That makes sense. So essentially you found purpose. Yeah. Where before it's like you, you had things that you wanted to do, but maybe you're afraid to make the leap. At that point, you're like, you know what, sink or swim, I'm going to like fully commit. Yeah. And and that probably gave you like peace. No, direction. 100%. Nice. So um, this kind of is along the same line. So last year it was about kind of finding purpose. Uh, you're committing to like the journey of becoming the best in the world. And you made, you know, a hell of a run. Uh, looking at this year, where do you see like room for improvement? Yeah. yeah. I, I I think that at this point, there's a lot of things that I, I've gone from. And by the way, we should say you're only 20 years old. I'm right? only 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. So you're like, you can't even buy a beer yet. So yeah, yeah. let's keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, so yeah, I found purpose in what I want to do. And I felt like I've gone from good to great at this point. Like, I feel like I'm a great competitor. You know, I'm ranked top 10 in the world right now at 145. And uh, now I just feel like I have to I have to continue the path. And the whole goal is ADCC, right? The whole goal for this year is ADCC. It's progressing towards ADCC. And there's certain things within my game and certain things that I'm trying to optimize. And I think that the goal for this year, of course, is to qualify for ADCC at West Coast Trials and then get to ADCC, but also to progress towards um, being like a very, uh, a very like high quality professional um, athlete, because I feel like a lot of people in jiu-jitsu aren't real professional athletes. They just come in and train and come and do these things. And I really want to start pushing that boundary and starting to go into kind of like what a, like a real professional athlete like in other sports and more mainstream sports are, are doing. In this past year, do you think you made bigger gains in the technical like domain, the physical domain, or like the mental domain? I know you, you probably grew in all areas, but yeah. What, what do you think were some of the, the bigger contributing factors? For sure, for sure. I think it was mental. Mental is the biggest one. And then following, you know, the technical aspect that uh, I think, I think, um, like we talked about the whole mental thing that I've come through and I, I really believe in myself now opposed to before, but um, even technically now, like when, when I've come over here to Austin, um, John, such a great teacher and so many things that I've learned. It's kind of like one of those things where like the first few months that I was here, usually I'm a really avid studier, but it, like the first month or two that I was here, I couldn't study because of how much he was teaching and how much you, you know, you have to, yeah. I was trying to catch up on. And there's so many things that like, um, when I was in California, I was, I was, uh, basically my own coach. I was teaching myself. I didn't have anyone really like teaching me. I was my own thing. I was running my own practices basically. So there's a lot of things that I think that fell through the cracks, um, while I was in California that I just wasn't able to cover. And now like when I was here and I was having someone else guide me that I could see that I, I it's things I either avoided or things that I should have been working on from, from the beginning. Yeah. To be honest, dude, I kind of had like a similar experience to that. Uh, my, my gym before this, uh, where I was training for the past eight years, uh, really, really like good gym, a lot of like good competitors, but uh, to get good training, I basically had to study film and then I had to come to practice and work on that. I had to like call people and, and make text groups to make sure that like people my size are going to be showing up to training. It took like a lot more effort just coordinating the training and coordinating like the technical development. And then you come here and it's like, John gives you the cheat codes every yeah. day yeah. And, and he like varies it up. So like you are working, you know, passing one day, next day is, you know, guard, next day is like submission uh, escapes. So it's like you're getting like a constant look at all the different aspects of jiu-jitsu 
and it, it makes it so much easier because you can just really come here and just yeah like focus on training yeah no 100 percent. like being being here has, has been a godsend for me because I, I i so much of what i do is focus on training now when i was in california this was a crazy schedule i'd get up like at 5 a.m i would do class my my college class like six to eight and then i would go drill from like 8 30 to like to 10 and then i do my class from like 10 to to 12 i'd go drive like three hours to go train so i train from like like three three to three to four thirty whatever i teach from like five to eight and then at night i would go train sometimes again or just do weights right yeah and then i'd have to go do homework again so i'd be up to like two in the morning doing homework and i'd get up again like at four thirty or 5 you know and doing it again so there's so much that i was doing just trying to like balance so many things and then when i come over here i'm like oh, i'm driving like 20 minutes a day yes max yeah. and then all i'm really doing is either teaching jiu-jitsu or studying jiu-jitsu or you know training so it's like so much of my um my focus is now just on one thing so it, it does help a lot i want to talk to you a little bit about aiga so aiga is like one of those events that I think it last year, 2023 is the first year they had their their uh, inaugural event. I believe. I believe it's the second one, but the second, second one. one that they uh, uh, with this format. Okay, yeah. So it, it came on my radar last year, and uh, at first I was a little like skeptical because you know there'd been team stuff before, like quintet, and they'd have some big competitors, but it, it didn't really seem to to get some of like the very best in the world. And uh, Aiga, especially like this last time around, there was some of the best people in the world. You know, there's yourself, Giancarlo, uh, some great uh, competitors from Russia and Dagestan, and uh, Luke, Big Dan, like plenty of like very, very excellent competitors. Oh, Kennedy. Uh, Masael, yeah. Masael, yeah. Plenty of other guys. Uh, if I leave anyone out, please forgive me. It's a lot, a lot of names. Um, but what made the, the event so interesting uh, was that they, they kind of, matched up the people weight class by weight class uh you'd, you'd go through and see all the matches it wasn't kind of like a quintet where you get kind of like mix and match uh events where one guy could go through like three people you actually got to see everybody on the yeah. team compete uh they had some of the best people in the world and then it took place in in kazakhstan uh so have you traveled outside the country much? Was this one of your, your first times? I've traveled a little bit, but that was the first time traveling for, for tournaments. Um, have I, you ever been to Asia? I've been to Japan when I was like a, okay. like 13 or so. So I was experienced with the long flights, but uh, not not as much as the Kazakhstan. It was like a 30 hour, 30 hour. You had to go to time. the Middle East first, like UAE or something? Yeah, you have to go to Qatar first, Qatar, Doha, okay. and then it's just like, what, like 16, 17 hours just to get there, and then I have to wait a couple hours until, because there's only like two flights to freaking Kazakhstan, like yeah. every day, so then I have to take the flight there to, to what is it called, Talmani, it's like another five hours, so it's like a whole travel, for sure. My legs are all swollen by the end of it from, from the flight. Oh, yeah, dude, I can only imagine. Uh, going to South Africa, I think our total flight time was like 27 hours or something, and you're just like so exhausted from just being awake yeah. and then not being like able to like lay down and be comfortable. It, it, it's bad. Um, so you got there about like a week early? Yeah, yeah. For the first time I got about a week early. Like I think it was like eight days early. And then uh, the second time was a little a little less. It was like four days. Four days. Okay. Which I, I, I do regret. I, I didn't, they, they booked the flights both times, but the second time I think I should have pushed for it to be a little earlier yeah. because the weight cut was a little rough. Uh, from the yeah. water retention of the flight and, and you're exhausted yeah i love so i had to be one like 141 because uh i guess weight classes are a little weird but i had to be 141 and i was 
planning to do like a 10 to 11 pound water cut. I was like 152 around there. And then uh, that's when I left on the flight. When I got there, I was like 160 from just drinking on the flight oh, and wow. like the water retention. My legs were swollen. Yeah. So I ended up having it like by the time I had to cut weight, I was like 155. So I had to oh do from gosh. 155 to 141. And so that was miserable for sure. Yeah, that's a big cut, man. Especially in terms of like your overall body weight. Yeah. Because like for me being over 200 pounds, like a, a 10 pound just pure water cut is hard. 15 is getting about like on the limit of what you can really do without being a complete skeleton. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's no, rough. No, that was rough. I, 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 there's, there's a point I remember doing like pictures and videos, um, where they made me like go up like four flight of stairs. And I went like on the third <laughs> flight of stairs. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going up. Like I, I'm going to sit here for like 30 minutes because I'm literally like, I felt like I was in a blackout and throw up at the same time. What was the elevation was, like there? Is, is it pretty high? They were, they, a lot of people were complaining about it, but I, think, I don't think it was that high. I think it was like okay. 4,000 feet or something like that. Okay. It wasn't, wasn't crazy. So it's like, it's not massive, but it's also not sea level. Yeah. Where we're, like, where we're at here. Okay. Nice. Uh, and then also, the, the last time you went too, it was like the middle of winter. So it was very, very cold. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we live here and uh, you're from California, Southern California. Yeah. We live now in Southern Texas. We're not really used to that kind of weather. No. What was no. that like for you? Did you, no. did you have to buy all new clothes to go out there? Thankfully, I had some like leftovers from when I went to Japan. Okay. They, they did not fit me. No. Um, but uh, I had some stuff, but I was definitely not used to like negative degree weather. Yeah. I try to stay out as, as much as possible, but, you know, like we're in another country. Sometimes they couldn't give us uh, like rides so i was walking out in like the negative 20 degree weather like all covered That's crazy I, I didn't i i should have brought like a scarf or something but i didn't yeah. have one so i just stole like one of the towels from the from the what is it called the hotel and wrapped my face for, yeah. for when we went out because my nose was freezing it, it was an experience I, I i don't know how people live in, in weather like that yeah it, it definitely makes some hard people uh what was the food like the food the food's good man uh, everything we went to is really good um they have a lot of they're into horse over there i didn't try any i was scared did, did you try time. to stick to this as normal food i tried i tried because i i tried and i still like the second trip i got like a little bit of not food poisoning but i was definitely like i felt it by the end yeah um but i tried to keep it as as normal as possible but they had in good food i got to try a lot of stuff they try to feed the hell out of me after the first because the day is, is a two-day tournament and then after the first day it was like 2 a.m when we wrapped up and they're like giving us so much food i'm like I'm going to throw up. Like <laughs> we got to, we got to chill out. Uh, tell me about like what it was like uh, competing um, against the teams and then being part of the, the Aussie Republic team that you're a part of, which was um, also like a, a superstar pack team as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it's definitely a cool tournament. I, it, it's very reminiscent of like um, for people in the U S of uh, wrestling, wrestling meets, wrestling duels. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that. And, that, and I, I used to wrestle. So that's what it reminded me of. I thought it was, it's a very cool format. Um, I think that um, it, it makes it interesting because a lot, a lot of, with the introduction of Mo's team, it became so stacked very quickly. It mm -hmm. like, all the teams had to change. All the teams had to kind of level up. So it became like a very a big spectacle. I kind of did it when when it was still like barely getting a name, and then all of a sudden when Mo got introduced, it got very very big. Yeah. And it was a big change, you know, from the first from the first event that I was at to the to this event. So it was it was actually cool to see it grow and things like that. Um, but it, it's actually really cool a really cool event. Just being able to have like Mika Galval there, you know, there's Diogo who I was originally going to compete against, but he ended up getting hurt, um, and all that. It just put put together a lot of people and i think it's actually a cool uh, cool event I, I like quintet but i think quintet's a little bit kind of like a spectacle and if you don't have the right people sometimes quintet is kind of boring you know yeah 
Um, I, I think that the rules also for Ego are interesting because it's like modified ATC rules. I think there's a couple of things they can change. I'm not a big, big fan of the rounds. But it's funny you say that. Just uh, if we can pause on that for a minute. I actually, I think the rounds is one of the things I appreciate the most yeah. about it. But maybe that's coming from like, uh, like an MMA background as well. Where like, I liked it where you could tell who was winning. Because sometimes if you have like a who's number one, like they'll, they'll shout out, you know, judges favor X or Y. Yeah. But like when they actually break you, you get a chance to recover so you can push hard again. And then you can tell like, oh, you know, this guy's won two rounds. This other dude needs to submit him. It's like very clear what needs to happen. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in who's number one, it's like the judges could favor one person for the first 10 minutes. In the last 10 minutes, the other guy could win. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that there's there's pros and cons to it. The reason I, I've like at least competitive when I was doing it, I was like it was it was a little annoying is because I um I felt like I was like when my first match I uh, at the very end I got into like cross hashi had the leg split and everything and it was like one minute left yeah, I'm, they like, broke you and I'm and they break me up I'm like dang. Like if I had a real fifteen minute match, I would have broke your leg right here. Yes, yeah. But um I totally get the, the pros and cons. Which which also makes sense. Like I think I think John feels the same way. He wants it just to be one one long fifteen minute match. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely pros and cons, but I, I think it's it's nice and it's it's interesting and it gives kind of like a different flavor because you do have like two end members. You have like you know the Iga style matches, and then you have ADCC kind of in the middle, and then yeah. you have like the who's number one, the sub only fifteen minute round. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, but yeah, so your team, the Aussie Republic, was stacked too. You had uh, Kennedy, did you know Kennedy? He has a role from Southern California. Yeah, so I, I trained, I helped uh, Kennedy train for um, ADCC 2022. Oh, okay. Um, I, I wasn't like a crazy part of his, his uh, camp, but I was there for like a few weeks helping out, um, me and one of my friends. Um, so I, I, I knew Kennedy, you know, we, we were talking and everything like that. You know, Kennedy looked really, really slick. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing too, because like, you know, we're teammates there, but I'm like looking at it, I'm like, trying to beat you too you know because you know he's in my division but uh no no he's he's, he's always been a cool guy and things like that and he's, he, i think he looked he performed really well that tournament as well you know yeah i can see you guys coaching each other so it seemed like there definitely was like a friendship there yeah yeah as yeah, well yeah. we've known each other for a bit he had a, he had a great tournament too he had some uh really good wrestling i mean both of you guys had some great wrestling uh moments there but the wrestling the scrambling was like incredible i think he had that that match where he came behind in like the last round and subbed that guy yeah, yeah, no, he, he, I believe he's some, some sort of ranking in wrestling, the guy that he fought, the, the Dagestani guy. Said, yeah. Yeah, and it was a good match. I think he, he was stuck in kind of like, um, what is it called, a, uh, a side triangle for a while. It looked like he, like, it was a potential for him to tap, and then he kind of like willed through it, and then uh, at the very end got the submission. Um, it was very, it was funny too, because I actually hit the side triangle, you know, yes. just right after yep. that. Um, but yeah, he, Dude, dude has some willpower. I've seen him in some tight freaking submissions, and he pulls through. Yeah, yeah. Watching online, I think everybody was like, "This is like deja vu to like the match that just happened with yeah. you." And then he escaped this time in subs. So that was that was awesome. Uh, what is it like to compete against some of these guys? Because you know, some of these guys from like Russia and Dagestan, you know, they can find a lot of film on you, but if you want to find film on them, it's very difficult. And they train in like a very different environment. Uh, their styles are like very different. What was it like kind of matching up against some of these guys who you know are tough, but you're not familiar with their style, their skill set? Yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's tough, too, because I, um, a lot of these guys have a very similar style, which is good, that you can kind of like, um, you you can kind of get a, the gist of it. I I tried to, the guy that I actually fought, I, 
again, I don't know for sure. Like I haven't looked at it myself, but I didn't know until after that. Apparently he, he won ADCC trials in Europe ah, previously. Okay. And then he had visa problems and wasn't able to go to, to, um, to ADCC 2022. So I didn't even know. So apparently I, I, I beat a ADC, you know, trials, winner, uh, in trials winner in Europe. I had no idea, but, um, uh, for him, I had to look at a lot of his, uh, his teammates matches from the previous Aiga just to be, get in a general idea and kind of build off of it. Um, but it's tough. It's tough because you guys don't know. We don't know a lot of these guys. Um, but I had a general idea that if I pulled guard, he was going to stall and he was going to stay on the outside. And, um, I've had some experience with those wrestling stallers. Like I had my match with Dorian and I've had like a few other matches of wrestlers. So I, I kind of wanted to put it to him. And yeah. that's why from the very beginning, I, I kind of wanted to wrestle with him. I think that, um, I think my wrestling is pretty good. I think I have a high level of wrestling, but I think that the thing I'm really good at is counter wrestling. That um, when people try to put me down, I, I usually either end up on top or end up in some sort of submission uh, position. And I think you can kind of see that at trials. I submitted several people off of, off of trying to wrestle, trying to wrestle with me. And then um, same thing with Aiga. So my, I was really like, I had a lot of emphasis on basically wanting him to shoot. And if you kind of look back at the video, I'm kind of almost giving him my legs. Like I'm trying to like really engage him because I felt like in straight wrestling, he might be better than me, but in, in the scrimmage wrestling, in the jujitsu context, that I was definitely going to be able to outpace him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What was that your strategy for most of those kind of Dagestani style fighters? Just, Put it to him standing, get him to start shooting, and then look to hit some scrambles and transition to jitsu yeah. positions kind of off of that. Exactly. I wanted to I wanted to wrestle with him to get connection. If I got a takedown, I was gonna keep connection. If you mm. notice I, I went right to a body lock when I took the guy down uh in the first round initially. I was making sure that I had connection, I was staying to a body lock. A lot of these wrestlers, if you pull guard, they will only stay to the outside mm -hmm. and then they'll never engage, you'll never have a solid connection. So I'm trying to put an emphasis on wrestling with them to get connection. And now I can either enter my guard off that or continue mm. to take them down and then you know use that connection but i tried to make sure that i had always solid connection with them so there was never an opportunity for them to fully disengage and play this like peekaboo game where they come in and out in and out and end up with that issue and i think that was something that i, I struggled a little bit with dorian at, uh, in the finals of west coast trials where he kind of was going back i mean east coast trials but he was going back and forth so i was trying to like correct my wrongs in that sense and um, yeah. really focus on that right there yeah yeah dorian has he's like a tough body type too because he's very strong but like short-limbed yeah. So it's like hard to grab onto unless you yeah. probably do get some sort of body lock, head and arm, some sort of lock, connection. something like that. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. then a lot of these wrestlers like like to to, to fight a little dirty too. So like I, you have to be mentally prepared for that. So yeah. Like like I I'm not I'm not mad at it, but like people like Dory and people like the, I I forget his name and now you go they're all like you know we'll grab your esophagus or like for sure your, yeah your armpits things like that and things like that and you kind of have to be like mentally type of style yeah they, they try to push it to the limit of what you can get away with yeah 100%. it seems like very much like a wrestling mentality type of thing yeah uh you mentioned you wrestled growing up mm -hmm. um did you wrestle in high school or when did you start wrestling yeah so i did like i think i did a couple summer camps as like a middle school early high school and then um and then there was a point where i got i got a little burnt out in jiu i started jiu really young i started around like three years old um, so I've been doing it about 17 years now and I got burnt out like around probably my sophomore, sophomore year of, college, uh, of uh, high school. And, um, the, the issue, I mean, the issue wasn't so much jiu-jitsu, but it was like kind of the, the gym I was at and the atmosphere that like, it just, there was a lot of like politic, political problems and yeah. things like that. And it ended up kind of pushing me away. And then I was always into Nogi. So then I was like, ah, I'm, I'm going to start like kind of focusing on this. And that's when I started to go wrestle. And I wrestled for about like two years, COVID 
only allowed me to compete for like one year for the first year. But I, I wrestled for about two years and, um, and then went back to jiu-jitsu right after, after I graduated. Did you, like, did you notice a big difference in your style of jiu-jitsu coming back from wrestling? For sure. For sure. Because I was, I was a good guard puller, like through, throughout my life, like I had, um, limited wrestling. I worked wrestling, like when I was trying to practice for some Novi tournaments like that, but I was not very heavy in wrestling. And then, um, and then I just kind of like in fully threw myself into wrestling for, for a few years and it fully changed my style. Like I think people still look at me as a little bit of a guard puller, just because I, I have done a lot of, um, I do pull guard quite often, but it's kind of one of those things where like I can do both and I'm comfortable yeah. doing both. And I think people are starting to realize that. I, well, maybe not everyone, because at the Long Beach Open I did recently, I pulled guard <laughs> and then the guy kind of double pulled with me. And then the, his coach was like, he won't come up. He won't come up. I was like, <laughs> I was like, almost feel like i'm better when i come up like yeah for sure. you're talking about. <laughs> that's funny dude uh yeah so you had a little bit of experience like before that then you wrestled two years in high school yeah um so i started doing jiu-jitsu first and then i did a season of uh wrestling at this community college where i was going to college uh that's where like i started doing grappling and one thing i noticed is uh I got much more comfortable with scrambles and being more physical. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the jiu-jitsu mentality in, in some gyms is very kind of like lazy-ish where you kind of just, uh, you know, defend guard and then you look for opportunities to like snipe some kind of like submission or sweep yeah. or whatever. And then if you look at the way wrestlers compete, it's like a lot of like head to head, you get after it, you scramble, you don't concede anything. It's very gritty. It's very gritty. Um, did you notice like any changes in the way you competed? Not just now you have takedowns, now you have maybe better like top yeah. control, but just like your the way you approach competition. Yeah, no, I, I think that for sure my scrambles improved drastically. A lot of a lot of my awareness was just like in those those very tough like scrambling positions. I also think that wrestling, like at least when I wrestled, it was one of the hardest things I probably will ever do. Maybe it's not the hardest thing I've ever done, but for the for me, my for like sixteen year old me, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're like, was it the training? Was it the weight cut? Sure, it was, it was, it was the competition it was, every week. It was the worst thing for me was cardio for that because we would. There, I remember there was one week like um, when we were wrestling. It was like during winter break where we would go and uh, we would wrestle in the morning and then after we would do like a like a twelve mile run and then we'd come back and then wrestle again. Oh my and god! We'd do like things like that, or um, you know, or run or do like a timed like three like a 5k you know a time like yeah. 5k or things like that and i just remember like the the grind for that was um was so hard for me at that time um yeah. that um it changed i think it changed a lot of how i view a lot of things and and um and how i push myself and everything like that where like most things in my life in comparison at least in jiu-jitsu wise i feel like are easy yeah. when when i compare back to that and there's so many like lessons that i learned from wrestling like i, I love my wrestling coach his name's uh, Coach Grant, um, I actually was when I when I go back home, I see him and help out. Oh, nice! But um, there's there's one moment in specific. I remember where this this thing stands out to me like forever in my life is that um, there was one day we were wrestling, and then everyone's kind of like half ass wrestling. They're not they're not moving much, um, and then he's kind of yelling at us. He's like, "Hey, come on, we got to like we got to get it into gear. Like you guys all look sl- like slugs. There's nothing happening." <laughs> and then you know, no one does anything. We're all tired. I remember in my mind, I was like, "Bro, I'm, this is the max I'm moving right now." Yeah. And then he yells at us one more time and then still no one does anything. And then on the third time, he's like, he's yelling at us. He's like, I'm done. It's like, go outside on the field, go play football. Uh-huh. Cause I like, just leave, go play football. And everyone's like, just standing there. Right. 
And then so eventually he kicks us out and he gives us like a football and we all go play football for like an hour, right? And eventually, you know, like we start coming back, come to talk to him. And then he's like, no, he's like, you're, I'm, you're never wrestling again. None of you guys are wrestling ever again. He's like, if you guys wanted to wrestle, you guys wouldn't have gone and played football. You would have argued with me. You'd have fought me and stayed in this room. Yeah. He's like, no, leave. And so for like three days, we didn't have practice. Wow. And, and he, we didn't have practice. And um, we didn't have practice to the point um, that the only way we got him to start doing practice again was that we had to go wrestle on the grass. So there's like 20 of us wrestling on the grass and he's just kind of sitting in front of the wrestling room watching us. And then after like we do a whole practice in the grass, he finally lets us in the room. And it's a little unfair, 100%. But I always think about back to that, that if you if you really want something yeah. that you can't follow everyone else, you, ha you have to fight for what, what you're, gonna, you're, you're trying to do. And that even when there isn't an opportunity, you have to make an opportunity. And that, that, that story, as unfair as it is, because I think it is a little unfair, but um, I, it always sticks with me. And, and I, I remember that all the time. Yeah, I think those kind of moments are, they're really formative. Because, yeah, maybe, I mean, what's fair, to be honest? Yeah. What's fair? Uh, but it's something that stuck with you that definitely probably like recalibrated like your mindset. And, 100%. And sticking with, stick, has stuck with you to today. And it's only produced positive impacts. Yeah. Like in, in the way you compete, the way you perform, and the way you do anything. Because those kind of lessons you get in sport go beyond your sport. It goes to like, what do you want to do academically? What do you want to do professionally? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's. It's really cool you had the opportunity. Uh, you mentioned you, you started training jiu-jitsu when you were three years old. So you, you've been doing this for 17 years now. Long time. That, that's, a, that's a long time. Uh, how did you get into it originally? So I believe before my, my, my mom knew my dad, she, uh, she dated like belt in jiu-jitsu in the day. Back in the day. Back wow. In the day. So okay. she, some, she knew some Early dude, 2000s. And then, yeah, and then she became friends with some people who like owned jiu-jitsu gyms. So then when I finally like was born and like I was, she was kind of doing, starting her own business and she needed like a, a daycare for me to be there for like two hours or so that, uh, she, she dropped me off at one of her friends who owned a gym, uh, her, who her husband owned a gym, sorry. And, uh, I would just be there for like three, four hours at a time. Like she dropped me off at the kids class. I do jujitsu. I watch like the older kids class and I do like some capoeira and Muay Thai later on <laughs> just be there all day, you know? So then that's, that's how I started. And I started, um, just doing that. I took like a year, year or so break, uh, because we ended up moving. And then, um, I kind of asked my mom eventually, I was like, Hey mom, I want to do, I want to do this again. Like, I want to, I want to train. Um, and then ever since then I've been training, like, I haven't, I haven't taken more than like a week break since. What was it about jujitsu that you think, uh, made you fall in love with it like like what aspects of the sport and of like the art do you think like captured your attention yeah i think that um i really like the problem solving aspects of it i've always been a nerd like always been into chess always like i for a long time i was into like ruby's cubes and solving puzzles and things like that and i think i like the puzzle aspect of it and also um i also think i'm really competitive um I think it could have been like anything like I wrestled. Like I loved wrestling. Like if I had another life, I maybe would have wrestled in college and things like that. I think um, it's just both those types of things, they happen to like mesh well with what I like. They have both have problem solving, they both have physical aspects of like, it's me versus you. And I like that like almost battle of wills. and you know, Individual and sport kind of a exactly. thing. I, I'm yeah. not a fan of, of, of team sports. <laughs> I try to do like baseball. It did not work out. 
I, I like I like like it's me versus you, and it's like both of us against each other. It, it is also nice because you know, jiu-jitsu is something where you cannot do it alone, so you do need a team. Yeah, so your team is super important. But when it comes time for you to go out and compete, and uh, you know, sink or swim, it's a hundred percent up to you. Yeah. Uh, when I was when I was younger, I did uh, swimming. It was the same kind of thing. You swim together as a team. And it's important to have a team, but when you go out there and compete, it's only you. So all the pressure's on you. If you yeah. win, it's on you. If you lose, also on you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that 100%. I like, I like that um, win or lose, it's like all on you. And it's, it's you that can improve yourself. You don't have to rely on other people. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people, they, they love doing jiu-jitsu and martial arts, but they, uh, they're a little hesitant to compete or they, they get really nervous when they compete and it stops them from uh competing more uh for you did you always like competing or is it something you felt like you had to warm up to yeah man i hated competing <laughs> i hated competing as a kid um, i i've always been like a nervous person like i uh as a kid like like my mom would like take me to the doctors and be like hey this kid is like he's got anxiety <laughs> um, i remember i was having this this thing where like i i it doesn't happen too much today but like where i have like like uh almost like chest contractions from just being like anxiety and being like having tense and being tense yeah. So as a kid, I was always anxious, but, um, and it took forever for, for someone to kind of like force me to eventually do a tournament. And I still, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. But I ended up winning and ended up winning the whole tournament. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. And then eventually I got forced to do another one. I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then I won. So I think it helped that I didn't, I didn't lose a tournament for like four or five years. Yes. And I was doing quite a lot of them. Yeah. So I was winning for a while. It might've not been five years. I might be exaggerating, but I, I was winning for a while and it, it kind of like, um reinforced it a little bit for me like positive reinforcement and then eventually i i, I did um kind of like kids pans you know i think i believe it um the first one i did i ended up fighting uh tyro tolo we, oh, were, wow. we were in the same division for a while and then i i lost to ty i, I believe uh he armbarred me or it was something like that and then and then from there i was like oh like i didn't because I won so long, I was like, I don't know, I can really be beat, you know? Yeah. And then it, that that pushed me. I was like, oh, like, I need to figure this out. To step you know? up your game, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I need You're to like, I thought out. I was the top, and then yeah. now I'm like, okay, I can still keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then it kind of, like, pushed me to, like, want to compete and, like, improve. Because my whole goal as a kid was, hey, I want to beat Ty. I want to beat Ty. <laughs> and eventually, like, I did beat Ty at one point. Like, at, like, 14, 15, when we were, like, green belts, I beat Ty. And then... um and after be tied, that's when I eventually went to wrestling. But um, that was like my whole goal as a kid. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I want to be tied. I want to be tied. And then, um, and then it, I think it just progressed. I think just because I, lo- I love jujitsu in general. And then I, and then as I, I progressed and kind of fell in love with it, you know, like the goal at the time was like be tied. And then eventually progressed to, you know, like, oh, I want to win ADCC. Yeah. Or, you know, or I want to, um, you know, I want to go wrestle for a little bit. But it was wrestling. I wanted to wrestle, do it, and eventually do ADCC, you know, and it was this whole whole thing that it just kind of like led down this whole this whole route do you think uh the success you had early on do you think that's what made you keep coming back to it despite the kind of uncomfortable feelings um i think that i i think that um it definitely helped um but i don't think it was the only thing i think i would have kept training the other way and maybe competed later on but i think that it definitely helped because i um i ended up like creating all those positive memories out of that yeah. Um, I think that if I lost like terribly, maybe I would have been like, dad, I told you, but my parents were always like very, very supportive, um, at least when I was a kid, 
like when I got older, it was a little different. But <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad was always like, "Hey, I don't care if you if you win or lose, you know, like just just go do go do your thing," you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like uh, you kind of slowly grew out of it and, and got more like comfortable and confident competing, or was there ever just kind of like a moment where you're like, "Okay, I've kind of thought about it and like I've kind of put a different perspective on it in my brain, and then now I'm moving forward." Yeah, I, th I think over time it's slowly like lessened. Like it used to be like the whole like like a month before I was like, oh my god, I have to fight, I have to fight, I have yeah. to fight. Now I, I don't get nervous until like maybe the day of, and then even then sometimes it's not that bad. Um, but I think it, it was just like prolonged like exposure to it. I think if I didn't compete for like six months and then came back, I would feel it again. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm competing so often, I'm trying to compete like once or twice a month that um, every time I compete, I'm like, oh, I'm used to this feeling. I'm used to yeah. to being here. Um, I just think it's an exposure thing. I think you have to be doing it a lot. And then I've kind of like almost um, at this point, in, I almost enjoy like overcoming my own like anxiety and my own nervousness. Sure. is like, you know, part of this. Yeah, I always tell myself that. I'm like, because, uh, you know, everybody will get nervous competing uh, to some extent. But I always tell myself, you never make any growth as a human if you stay inside your comfort zone. Like people yeah. who just want to be comfortable, they don't get better. Yeah. The only people who get better are the people who like, who put themselves outside of where they're comfort comfortable and make themselves push through those feelings. Yeah. And so that's something I got, I, I try to keep in mind that when I have those feelings, it gives me comfort where I'm like, okay, this is what it takes to like level up. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's still like every once in a while, like not every once in a while, but a good amount of time, like two weeks after a return, I'm gonna be like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I want to do this, uh, but it's, I always come back to like one thing I always tell myself is like, the only thing that's stopping me from doing something is being scared of it. And yeah. I have to do it. Uh -huh. you know, there's no, there's no question about it do it and so there's a, there's tons of times where in a tournament i'm like oh, man i don't know if i'm gonna win i don't know if i'm gonna do this and then i'm like but the only thing that's stopping me is fear so i have to do it there's no way i can't dude it's so funny when i was a brown belt i went to uh it's 2017 i did uh nogi worlds and i flew from here from houston out to los angeles and uh you know was there for like a day or two and then sitting at the hotel and then the morning of i had to go to the event and I remember just thinking, like, dude, fuck it. I'm not even going to go. Like, <laughs> why am I even here? Why am I doing this? This is so stupid. Yeah. I hate this. And then I ended up, like, winning and submitting, like, everybody in, like, my division. Remember when it was over, I'm like, why was I so, like, concerned? Yeah. And then another thing I realized, too, is a lot of times uh, those, like, nervous feelings, they make you better. They make you, like, more focused, more aware. It's almost like you need a little bit of nerves to be your best self. No, 100%. I mean, what you just said, start my life, like, half the time with tournaments i'm like <laughs> why am i here but but and then you kind of push through yeah okay well we got to get to training uh we have training in about a half an hour um so before we wrap up uh is there anything you'd like to promote i know your your instagram is dominator mejia yeah m-e-j-i-a so make sure you guys check that out is there anything else you'd like to promote yeah i'm um uh, what is it called? I'm going to try to be competing and doing more seminars and things like that and traveling around. So, um, you know, I'm going to be posting on my story and stuff like that. I'm actually getting a poster done for all that right now. So um, I'm looking out that I will be doing posters. I'll be doing privates. I will be also uh, launching a uh, Patreon soon to have oh, techniques nice. on there. So um, if you guys are interested in, in, in a lot of the stuff that I'm going to put on there, I'm going to be trying to do like mini instructionals basically every week and then uh, putting on that and having a little subscription for that. So that's, that's awesome. Really forward to. Make sure you guys check that out because he's one of the most exciting competitors right now. He's getting better every week and he's already one of the, the top in the world. So make sure you check that out. Um, one final question. What do people need to know about you? 
Look, I, I, I know it's a hard question. It, it is. It is a lot of things to put, but I think at the end of the day, I, it is that um, when I when I go to compete, my whole goal, and it, it of course is to win. But my whole goal is to go out there and entertain or entertain and progress the sport. And um, every time I go to compete, that's my goal. You know, so like if you guys watch one of my matches or watch any any of the things that I'm going to be doing, my goal is always to entertain and push the sport and try to put a match that isn't just technically beautiful, but, you know, uh, entertaining. Right. And that's always my goal. So I'm always going to try to push and always try to show a good, good match. And that's why they put you on all these fight cards. 100%. Dominic, thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good okay. to see you.